1: This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 429.
0: the hidden habits of highly successful people are far more powerful and more important than the habits we can see. But the problem is they don't even know what they're doing. They're unconsciously doing these things. That's why they can't teach us.
1: Did you know that what you say to yourself is creating your life in every moment? Ask yourself, is that little voice in your head helping you win or holding you back? Hi, I'm Jeff and this is the Read to Lead podcast, the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth. I interview today's most successful and inspiring authors and through my questions help pull out the key insights and main ideas from their books, helping you engage with the work fully in about 40 to 45 minutes. Consider Read to Lead your audio cliff notes or maybe even a way to audition books that you're going to dive into more deeply later. In a moment we'll sit down with author Noah St. John. He's written a book among others called Millionaire affirmations, the magic formula that will make you rich. I'll be asking Noah about the challenge of changing our beliefs, the concept of priming your brain with the right questions rather than reciting typical affirmations, the impact on Noah's life of hiring a mentor even when his finances said no, and a lot more. Well, one thing I hope you'll say yes to is putting your name on the notifications list for my Note Making Mastery Cohort A list has already begun and has dozens of names on it already. You can get on the list at readtoleadpodcast.com slash list. That's readtoleadpodcast.com slash list. Cohort number one is in session. We just finished week three. In fact, tonight is session four of five. After the first session, Lisa M. said, I enjoyed it and look forward to watching the process unfold. Last week, Kathy said, I'm so certain I'm in the right place with the right people. I hung up from today's call. So excited for what's to come. So what's the deal with note-making mastery? Well, if you're like most people, you consume content like this podcast or videos or books and articles on the web, and you take notes, maybe in a notepad, maybe on your phone, maybe in Google Docs or what have you. And oftentimes we take notes because the thing we're consuming, we don't necessarily need now, but we know we will in the future. That's the point. But then the future comes and we don't know where to go for those notes, or if we do, we're having trouble making sense of them because they lack context, or oftentimes the the previous version of us just assumed that future us would would know what we meant way back then, but we're different now, and the notes just fall flat. Well, we walk through helping you become a better note collector or capturer. We even discuss things like your note-taking archetype and digital apps, should you choose to use them that are best suited to you because of that archetype. We lay out ways of connecting your notes so that ideas and insights that you have today connect with those you've had in the past and your notes talk to one another, past notes with future notes and vice versa. We talk about writing your notes for future you. So when he or she comes back to your notes, they know what they mean, they know what to do with them. This is about properly contributing to and distilling your notes to their essence. And we wrap up with creating with your notes, expressing your notes to consume the content you're consuming and taking notes on it is meaningless if you're not outputting anything, if you're not creating something with that. That could be because you want to do that publicly, like in a podcast or a YouTube video or maybe in a book or a blog post, but also is useful if you never plan to do any of those things, because if you're like most of us, you're communicating in conversations, in emails, presentations, etc., if this is an area of struggle for you, and I'm finding more and more it is for the overwhelming majority of people, then get on the notifications list for our next cohort. Again, it's readtoleadpodcast.com slash list. That's readtoleadpodcast.com slash list. And you'll be among the first notified about our next cohort, again, happening this fall. Noah St. John is known as the father of affirmations. That's affirmations, not affirmations. More on that in a moment. And the mental health coach to the stars, working with Hollywood celebrities, eight-figure company CEOs, professional athletes, top executives, and entrepreneurs. Uh, Noah's famous for helping his coaching clients make more in just 12 weeks than they made in the previous 12 months. Uh, Noah has also appeared on over 1,000 media outlets, including outlets like ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, Entrepreneur, and one of my all-time favorites, Success Magazine. His book is called Millionaire Affirmations, The Magic Formula that will make you rich. Uh, Noah, welcome officially to the Read to Lead podcast. Thank you, Jeff. Great to be here. What is this magic formula that will make you rich? Are you serious? (laughs) Oh, very serious. Yes. And what we're talking about today
0: is affirmations, not affirmations. It's affirmations. And yeah, this is a new word that I invented. I actually invented it 25 years ago. The difference between affirmations, the old method, And my new method called affirmations is actually very powerful. And so uh, just I'll give you an example. So, uh, you know, I'm a keynote speaker, whether I'm speaking to like small private groups of, say, 100 private workshops or, you know, big audiences, whether live or virtual of a thousand or five thousand, ten thousand. One of the things that I like to do with my audiences is is I like to say, "Okay, now we're going to do an affirmation. We're going to do the old way, just like they taught us. Right. So everybody say, I am rich. And everybody goes, I am rich. You know what happens next? everybody starts laughing. Yeah, And I go, what are you laughing at? Well, they say, well, I'm not rich. <laughs> and I go, but you just said you were. And they go, yeah, but I don't believe it. See, mm-hmm. now, isn't that interesting? Isn't that the problem? Because we say these positive statements and that's what we've been told to do, right? That's what they told us to do. But yet most of us don't believe it. In fact, a scientific study actually showed that 75% of the people that use the old affirmations way, actually end up more frustrated than before Mm. because they don't really work. So imagine if you had a phone that didn't work 75% of the time, right? Would you keep using that phone or would you Uh, probably trade
1: it in, right? I'd trade it in, yeah.
0: Exactly. Well, so that's what millions of people have done with uh, going from affirmations to my affirmations method. So what's the difference? An affirmation is a statement of something that you want to be true. So classic Mm. example, I am happy, I'm rich, I'm successful right? But 25 years ago, I actually discovered this distinction, which is that the human brain actually works using questions, not statements. Mm. In fact, I can prove it to you right now. Let me ask you a question. This is another exercise I like to do with my audiences, you know, whether live or virtual, but I'll I'll play along with you right now. So, I'll ask you a question. Why is the sky blue?
1: Because God made it that way. Okay. (laughs) See, now just look
0: at what you just did. What just happened in your brain is you automatically search for the answer. (laughs) Right. Even if you don't know the answer. Right. Right. But you actually your brain instantly and automatically started to search for the answer to the question. Right. Mm -hmm. By virtue of the fact that I asked you a question. So that is actually called the embedded presupposition factor of the brain. And that's just a fancy way of saying when you ask a question, the brain searches for the answer. So 25 years ago, I was in the shower and I actually, in my book, I call it the shower that changed everything (laughs) because, you know, we have those aha moments in the shower, right? And so this aha moment was, was I realized, wait a minute, why are we going around making statements that we don't believe when the human mind responds automatically to something even more powerful and more simple, the power of questions. Mm. And so then I said, well, how would we do that? So if you use the old statement, for example, like saying, I am rich, right? And your brain goes, Yeah. yeah, right. Right, I literally call it the yeah, right response because your brain goes, yeah, right, I don't believe it. And that's one of the reasons why so many people feel frustrated because they're saying something they don't believe. So I said, well, wait a minute, if that's the old statement, what would be the new question? And then I said, why am I so rich? Why am I so rich? Mm -hmm. Now, when you ask the question, why am I so rich? What starts to happen in your brain?
1: I'm looking for solutions. (laughs) Exactly.
0: You're searching for the answer. So actually what the difference is between the old affirmations way and my new affirmations method. And again, I say new, I mean, it's been around, I've been teaching this for 25 years now, but still (laughs) for most people, it's pretty new, right? And so affirmations are empowering questions that instantly change your subconscious thought patterns by virtue of the embedded presupposition factor of the brain. And the amazing thing about it, is you're already doing this anyway. Everybody's already doing this. There's two problems. Number one is, of course, most people don't know they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And number two, most people are actually going around asking very disempowering questions. For example, why am I so stupid? Why can't I do anything right? Why does nothing ever work out for me? Why can't I lose weight? Why can't I get a date on Saturday night? Why is there more month left at the end of the money, right? And when you ask lousy questions, what do you get? Mm. Lousy answers, right? Right. (laughs) And that creates a lousy life. So now using my affirmations method, you can actually change the questions you're asking, change the embedded presupposition factor of your brain, change your habits, and that's how you change your results and change your life.
1: Mm. There's a section early in the book uh, related to this called the challenge of changing your beliefs. That's right. Why is examining our beliefs something that we need to consider? Can't we just believe what we believe and, and get on with it?
0: Well, uh, that's an interesting point. Uh, <laughs> let me give you an example. For tens of thousands of years, human beings believed the earth was flat, right? Mm. I mean, you right. just walk outside and of course it's flat. Dum dum. look around. It's flat. It's <laughs> your problem. And then a guy named Columbus comes along and goes, uh, guys, I think it's actually round. Right. I mean, I just went around it. Right. And then, of course, we humans believed for centuries that the Earth was the center of the universe and the sun goes around the Earth because of course it is, dummy. Walk outside. The sun's going around the Earth. What's your problem? And then a guy named Galileo comes along with a thing called a telescope. He goes, uh, "Guys, uh, sorry to tell you, but Earth's going around the sun." <laughs> what? Throw him in jail. He's crazy, right? So this is what happens when we just accept beliefs. So the point about that for us as individuals, right? Uh, but you know, of course, I, I coach individuals. I coach teams, I, athletes, executives, entrepreneurs. I mean, you know, just people from all all walks of life. Mm. The point is, as individuals, we do have to examine our beliefs. Because look at those questions that I just gave an example of, right? So if I believe, uh, and I'm asking myself unconsciously, by the way, disempowering questions like, why am I so stupid? Guess what I'm going to find? Reasons why I'm stupid. Meanwhile, you could be actually really smart. Or you could even say, why am I so broke? I I mean, I've coached literally people have lots and lots of money and they think they're broke. And I go, what? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Right? And so, the, the point is that if we don't examine our beliefs, we're going to run into problems. And by the way, this is another thing that I do with my audience members, you know, whether I'm speaking at private workshops or big, big events, is I say, what is one area of your life where your beliefs don't affect you? And people go like this. They go, uh... Um. Hmm. And I go, exactly. There's no place your beliefs don't affect you, right? Your beliefs right. affect your health, your wealth, your finances, your business, your relationship. There's no place your beliefs don't affect you. But the point is that if you don't examine your beliefs, you are probably holding yourself back and that's going to cost you.
1: I know during the course of your early career, like between 30 and 40, you got a, a lot of bad advice mm-hmm. from gurus and whatnot. Yes, uh, and, and ended up at one point, uh, worse than broke. Uh, I think you had uh, what, 40000 in debt or something like that. Moved Sorry. back in with the folks, but managed to find the money. Mm-hmm. I think this is interesting, to hire a business coach. Uh, that would be, I think, in that situation, especially really hard to justify. I'm sure it wasn't cheap to spend on something like that when you're already $40,000 in debt and, and broke. How did that decision... Uh, impact the trajectory of your life from that, that point on?
0: This is something that I teach my clients all the time, which is a very, very simple, but a very profound statement. And that is this. When you find your why, you find the way. When mm. you find your why, you find the way. So it, it's like an example of the single mom who's raising three kids on her own and she's working three jobs and people go, wow, how does she do it? And the answer is, how could she not do it? She mm. has her why, too called her children, right, her family that she's Mm -hmm. got to take care of, otherwise might not survive. Mm. So that's an example. So, you know, it's not like I'm somebody special. The point is that I found my why to I knew because yes, you're right. I started my company at the age of 30. I was living in a 300 square foot basement apartment. I had $800 to my name and and a book on HTML. And that's all I had. I had no money, no experience, no marketing sales. You know, there was no social media, no Google, no YouTube, none of that. But the point is that because I had a why to I had a a Mm. deep burning desire to make a difference to help people. I know it sounds corny, but that really was my why too. It was to help people to make an impact, make a difference and as Steve Jobs put it make a dent in the universe mm. right And you know I've been able to make a little dent <laughs> but my point is that I did I got a lot of really bad advice. And so when I was 40000 dollars in debt working out of my parents' basement at the age of 40, you know believe me there were my parents said, maybe you should go get a job and i and there were i'm maybe somebody smarter than me would have got you know quit and got a job but i said <laughs> no i have that deep burning desire i know that i have a message that's important that has to be got and i just i just need help mm-hmm. and so that's why you know now today i'm able to give back and help more people to get their message out whatever that might look like you know i you know these are my books that i've published but i've also helped my clients publish several books that they mm-hmm. never thought they could do and so that's an example of when you find your why you'll find the way
1: Hmm. I've taken lots of notes on your book so far. I'm looking at them now. One spot in particular where I took quite a few notes was where you outlined the four parts of the process of, of making a millionaire, the four A's, I think you call it. Would, would you kind of walk us through those uh, step by step?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And again, I just want to make sure that we do mention that when, when your listeners get the book, we do have a special website where they can actually get up to $500 in bonus materials, free bonus materials oh. when you order the book. It's getmillionairebook.com. Very easy to remember. Getmillionairebook.com. And there are uh, up to $500 in free bonus gifts. So all of this is outlined in the book. So the four A's, the first A is to ask yourself what you want. Now, that's mm. a cliche, right? Everybody says, oh, set your goals. You know, I've heard that a million times. Yeah. <laughs> But actually, it's true. I mean, you really do need to set your goals because right. what a lot of people are doing without their knowledge is that, you know, imagine if you wanted to drive down the street and go to the grocery store right? Mm. And that is your goal, right? You have a destination. It's the grocery store. Well, the point is you wouldn't drive to the grocery store, walk around for an hour and then get back in your car and go home. What's (laughs) the point of that? You wouldn't do that, right? You have a reason for going there. You have, you know, even to pick up eggs, milk, and cheese, that's your reason of doing that. And so that is not just asking yourself what you want, but why do you want it, right? Like I was just talking about, find your why and you'll find the way. So that's the first A is to ask yourself what you want and why you want it. The second A is to affirm that what you want already true. That is the essence of my affirmations method. Again, the embedded mm. presupposition factor of the brain. So you are affirming instead of affirming. Now, I'm not saying that affirming is wrong necessarily. I'm just saying it's a phone that doesn't work most of the time. It's mm. like it works sometimes, but most people don't believe it. And, and that was me too. I mean, that's really why I discovered affirmations. I'm going, how come I've been using these affirmations for years and I don't, I don't have anything to show for it? I be, mm-hmm. And it's because I was lying to myself. You know, I, I didn't believe what I was saying. So, now using affirmations, you're affirming it. And by the way, the word affirmations comes from the Latin word formaru, which means to form or give shape to. The word affirmations comes from the Latin word firmaru, which means to make firm. So, it's ironic about that is that many people have formed a life that they actually didn't want that they don't want Mm. and so that is one of the reasons why using my out formations method you're actually reforming your life and forming a life you actually want so that's the second a the third Mm. a is to accept the truth of your new questions now what does that mean what that means is that this isn't magic right this is science as i stated earlier Mm. You're already doing this. Every human being on this planet is already using my affirmations method. Number one, they just don't know it. And number two, they're mostly doing it incorrectly, meaning they're using disempowering questions. Why am I so stupid? Why can't I do anything right? Et cetera. So the point is that when you accept these new questions, like why am I so happy? Why am I so rich? Why am I always in the right place at the right time? Your brain's going to go, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) But see, you're, you're, you're like going, you know, And but the thing about that is instead of doing your, With the old affirmations method, you're basically what they're telling us is to bash your brain into submission. I'm happy. I'm rich. I'm successful. And you're going, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Right. (laughs) And and it's so funny when you read the reviews of of the, the new book, that's what so many people have said about my work. People are totally loving it because they're saying, I've been lying to myself this whole time. Mm. I've been trying to believe things I don't believe. So that's the third A is to accept the truth of your new questions. And we do that using my core four formula that I know we'll be talking about. And then the, the fourth step and the fourth A, which is the most important and the one that a lot of people forget. And if you don't do this step, you're not really going to get the results that you could and should get. Mm. And that is you have to act. You have to take action. This is not magic. It's (laughs) science. So you can't, for example, you know, a form... Why did I? Why am I so in shape? What, you know, Why do I have six-pack abs and, and I'm in great shape? And meanwhile, you're sitting on the couch eating junk food and you don't exercise. It doesn't work that way. Wouldn't that be nice, yeah. right? I mean, that's what they taught us in movies like The Secret. You just think about money and it pours in from the sky. I don't know what planet that works on, but it's not the Earth. Now, I'd move to that planet tomorrow, right? If we could just go to the planet where you think about stuff and it just happens magically. Yeah, that'd be great. Now, I have to say in all fairness that we have had things that you have to say I mean, that I say are miraculous. In fact, in the Millionaire Affirmations book, we did something really awesome, which was we did a 14-day millionaire affirmations experiment. And there are real people, real stories that you read in the book of people who just did my affirmations for 14 days, just 14 days, just two weeks, and literally changed their lives. We had one woman who manifested over six figures in just 14 days using my affirmations method. Again, I'm not taking credit for this. I'm not saying, oh, I did this and I'm so great. No, it's the fact that they she changed her brain, mm-hmm. changed her results, changed her habit. And that's what changed her life.
1: Yeah. And for you specifically, when you were at that place where you hired that business coach, if I'm remembering the timeline correctly, in 30 days, you, you, you had an online course from hiring that coach. In 60 days, you were able to move out and get your own place. 120 days, you met your soon-to-be wife. Am, am, am I getting that right? You're absolutely right. Wow, I mean, that's that's incredible.
0: That's what I'm talking about. It's not magic, you know? So mm-hmm. I needed that last piece and I needed some help, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people need. A lot, a lot of people need just a little bit of help, maybe just a little nudge, you know, mm-hmm. in the right direction. It, it, he didn't come in and like change my whole life. He just gave me a couple of tips that I was missing, you know, and, and that I'd spent a lot of money prior to that on trying to trying to get in place. Yeah. But, you know, just finding the right mentor, that's why that's so crucial. Finding the right coach, the right mentor, the right person that helps you that's literally in your corner. I, I call it like, you know, Rocky. Right. in in Rocky in the Rocky movies, you know, Mm. in the early movies, he had, uh, you know, Burgess Meredith in this corner, you know, and then in the later movies, he had Apollo Creed in this corner. You know, sometimes, for example, if you're an entrepreneur in business or whatever, sometimes it just feels like we're getting beat up by life. Right. We're just getting punched in the face. And so Apollo Mm. comes up and says, by the way, if you move your face, you don't get hit. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's, try going like that. And It's like, oh, great idea. You know, so that's kind of like what I do now.
1: <laughs> you hinted at the, the core four a moment yeah. ago under the third A. You say that waking up each day and doing these can reap rewards beyond what we think might be possible. So so, so fill us in if you would.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and also that speaks to, I do want to mention this as well. Uh, again, along with the book, the Millionaire Affirmations book, we also have the companion journal All of this is available, again, GetMillionaireBook.com, GetMillionaireBook.com, very easy to remember. So you want to get the companion journal because this is how you're going to use my core four formula and you're going to actually make this a daily habit to change your life and, and literally change your financial life in less than five minutes a day. So my core four formula is based on the four modes of human communication. Okay, so we humans communicate in four different ways, reading, writing, speaking and listening. That's how we humans communicate. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what the core four formula is. So what you all you have to do is for one minute, you read your new affirmation. So you can literally and this is what people do. You just open any page at random. You could do it that way. You know, Mm -hmm. and just say, you know, why am I so grateful for the divine guidance and inspiration I'm receiving now? Boom. So that could be my affirmation for the day. Or, you know, you could do it chapter by chapter, however you want to do it. You just read for one minute. Then number two, you write. For one minute, you just write your own ab formations. By the way, a, a cool samurai move is you write in your non dominant hand. And the reason you do that is because that actually um, it engages a different part of the brain. So for most people are right-handed, you know, so instead of writing right-handed, you can do that. But then I also suggest that you write left-handed as well. That way in your non-dominant hand, your, your brain is literally, you're creating new synapses connections in the brain. So that's the second minute, the third minute. So you have reading, writing, speaking, then you say it out loud. Why am I so happy? Why am I so rich? Why am I also right? So you're literally saying it out loud. We have, uh, you know, partners and spouses and, and even families, kids, I was just talking with one of my clients yesterday. She's a, a mom uh, and so a couple and they have four kids uh, ages 10 through 17. They all form every single day. All, you know, all <laughs> six of them are just there a forming you know, the mom put it in the, each of the kids' bedrooms and it's just awesome. So she's, Loving it and getting great results. And so you say it out loud. And then the fourth stage reading, writing, speaking, and then listening. Mm. So we actually have a program called IAFORM Audios. When you go to our website, you can just go to NoahSt.John.com and see all this. But uh, IAFORM Audios are actually done for you, Affirmations Audios that are set to inspiring music. Mm. So you can actually have them going in the background. So you can be, you know, you can listen to them anytime, anywhere, day or night, even while you're sleeping. And we have actually a free sample for you. Uh, again, just go to IAFORM.com or NoahSt.John.com, but you can listen listen to them literally throughout your day while you're, you know, let's say you're on the treadmill, you're working out, you could be doing your emails, you can actually be watching TV and have them in the background. So that's the reading, writing, speaking, listening. So you can literally change your financial life in less than five minutes a day, usually my core four formula. So what we like to say is you can actually change your financial life in less time than it takes to make your morning coffee.
1: Wow. (laughs) Sign me up. Well, uh, Noah, I've read numerous works on the presumably conscious habits Mm -hmm. of, of successful people. But what do you mean when you talk about the unconscious habits of the successful?
0: Yes. Well, that's another thing that I've known for uh, is something that we call the power habit system. This is another one of my books. I'm not going to show you all my books. I've written 17. But anyway, this is another book that I have, uh, which is called Power Habits, the new science for making success automatic. And so uh, that's at powerhabitsbook.com if you want to research that. But what I do and what I've done for the last 25 years, this was another epiphany that I had in 1997, 25 years ago, which led me to actually create my company, even while I was, you know, I had $800 to my name and living in a 300 square foot basement apartment. It was just these aha moments. And I said, oh my gosh, this is the missing piece in traditional success literature, because what they've taught us for for decades, right, is, okay, if you want to be successful, do what successful people do, right? I mean, we've heard this (laughs) a million times, right? Everyone Mm -hmm. from Tony Robbins to Napoleon Hill and and Dale Carnegie and all of them, I mean, you know, going back many, many years, right? Right. And so if you want to be successful, do what successful people do, duh, right? And so you go, okay, right, well, I did that and I'm going, why am I not successful, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm following what they're doing on the surface. But see, here's what's fascinating about success, this phenomenon called success. There's really two parts of it. The two parts of it are the inner game and the outer game. So if you look at two intersecting circles, the inner game is everything that happens between your ears that you can't see directly, but it affects everything that you do. The outer game is everything that you can see. You know, it's right in front of your face. But Mm -hmm. what's fascinating is over the last 25 years, I've helped my clients literally add over $2.7 billion in added revenues, meaning we've helped people add six Mm -hmm. and seven and even eight figures. And 80% of that... That money, 85% of that money has come from people, from me teaching people how to master their inner game, meaning the hidden part. So, what happens is that many people come to me after they've gone to Tony Robbins, after they've gone to all these gurus, and they go, how come I'm still not where I want to be? And I go, well, because they taught you the little part, but they left out the big part, which is the hidden part. So it's kind of like, in fact, it's exactly like an iceberg, right? Uh, The iceberg principle of of human consciousness, which is that about 5% of human consciousness is above the surface, right? That's like the top part of the iceberg that you can see, but the vast 95% is below the surface. It's hidden and you can't see it. And so the point is that It wasn't the part of the iceberg that they could see that sunk the Titanic. It's the part they didn't see (laughs) that at the Titanic. And that's what's sinking most of us. I'll give you a quick example of that. I was talking with one of my clients recently and I asked him a very simple question. I said, how much do you think your head trash is costing you this year? Now head trash is something we didn't get into. We haven't talked about, but basically head trash is the voice in your head that says, well, I can't do it. Right. I want to do this thing. I want, you know, I have these goals, but I probably can't do it. Right. And that's a whole, again, a huge topic. But anyway, I said, how much do you think your head trash is costing you this year? Without blinking an eye, he said a million dollars this year, a million dollars. It's costing him. I said, great. All right. Wow. So I tell you what, why don't you pay me 10% of that? And then I will get you that million dollars back. <laughs> so he literally said, that sounds like a great deal. Because I, I said, to him, listen, if you give me a dollar and I give you $10 back, is that a good deal? He goes, yeah. So he, he paid me that. So he paid me $100,000 in less than 12 weeks of us working together. He's already made that money back and more. Mm. literally less than 12 weeks. Mm. So that's an example of what I'm talking about, that the hidden habits of highly successful people are far more powerful and more important than the habits we can see. But the problem is they don't even know what they're doing. They're unconsciously doing these things. That's why they can't teach us. That's why they can't Mm. teach you. And that's why I spend all that money on those gurus. You know, again, I'm not alone. Many, many people have done this and they're saying, I did everything they said. How come it's not working? Because they left out the good stuff.
1: Wow. That's, that's the key insight. I've never heard anybody address before. Uh, that's Yeah, that's that's crucial. Yeah. And my, my gears are are spinning now trying to <laughs> think through this. Well,
0: that's kind of how I made my money,
1: Jeff. So yeah, that's yeah. pretty much me. That's my niche. <laughs> well, no, I've got a, a couple of questions I want to ask you that aren't directly related to the book. Uh, but sure. before I do that, anything else from the book you want to make sure we walk away with today?
0: I, I just want to mention again, uh, go to getmillionairebook.com, getmillionairebook.com, and you can get up to $500 in free bonus gifts when you get the book. And 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 make sure you get the companion journal as well because this will make it a daily habit that you can literally change your financial future in less than five minutes a day. Less time than it takes to make your morning coffee. And you told me earlier, you already had two cups of coffee, so why not get rich
1: <laughs> while you're doing it? So again, GetMillionaireBook.com. I get rich times too uh, with each cup. <laughs> exactly. Well, over the course of your career, these last 25 uh, plus years, think of, uh, uh, it might be a guru's book, it might be somebody else's, but I always like to ask guests uh, what they've read that has really impacted them greatly. Maybe books that they they tend to recommend to others.
0: Actually, that's a, a fascinating story because many many years ago, before I wrote any of these books, uh, you know, in fact, before I even started my company, um, mm. I, I was struggling. I, I was I was reading lots and lots of books, you know, self help books, Dale Carnegie, Napoleon, Hill, all all the classics, you know, Wayne mm. Dyer, and I was struggling. And I was like, why am I reading all these books? I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting ahead. Mm. And of course the answer is now I know, right. All the stuff I'm talking about right now. Right. Mm-hmm. But back then I really didn't know. And so I was, I was just searching and searching and, you know, reading and studying and just nothing seemed to be working. Well, one day I was in my church bookstore and I was just browsing as I, as I like to do, I'm sure us book of files, right. We, we <laughs> like to do that. And so I was literally standing there just browsing and all of a sudden something fell at my feet and I looked around and I was like, what the heck was that? And, and you know just standing here and something fell down. I, and I reached down, I picked it up. I said, did the wind just come in? I mean, what, what just happened? That was weird. Anyways, I was like, all right. So I picked it up and it said, the seven habits of highly effective people. I was like, oh. I never And I'd never heard of that, never heard of it. I was like, wow, that's a cool title. Okay, I'll check it out. Of course, now we all know that's a classic, right, from uh, Stephen Covey. But I'd never heard of it. This was back in the early 90s, right? So a long time ago. Anyway, so I, and this is how long ago it was, it was audio tapes, right? I mean, it was on cassette tapes. For those of millennials, you'll have to Google that. What's a cassette tape? Anyway, so I was like, one of those things that goes around the circle. Anyway, so I, I literally put it in my you know car tape player. And I listened to it over and over again. And I mean, tears were streaming down my face. I literally Mm. just remember listening to that program and just crying and crying because I realized that was the first time I realized that my whole life I had been doing the seven habits of highly ineffective people. Mm. I was doing basically everything Covey said. I was doing the exact opposite. You know, be proactive. I was being reactive. Right. Uh, Sharpen the saw. I I had no saw. You know what I mean? It was just Mm. you could just go down the list. i was doing everything wrong. And I went, oh, my God. And so Stephen Covey was really my inspiration for getting into this industry many years ago. Mm -hmm. And what was really awesome about that is um, in 1996, literally one year before I even had these epiphanies, one year before I started my company, I actually got to interview Dr. Covey on the phone. Um, and so because I, I called up his office because I was a college student at the time uh, studying religious studies, and I, I was actually following his footsteps very consciously. I wanted to be like him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I called his office and I said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm studying Dr. Covey and doing a paper on him. And I just was wondering if I could ever talk to him. And in my head, I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'll get on his calendar. A year from now. Right. So the, the secretary says, put me on hold for a minute. She says, how's next Thursday? And I was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> so I, I almost fainted. And so I got wow. the chance to interview Dr. Covey I had 20 uninterrupted minutes. And he, for those of you who are fans of Covey, which, you know, hopefully a lot of people are, but um, he was just perfect. He was exactly what you would want Stephen Covey to be. He was just mm. so perfect. And he said one thing that I never forgot. I always remember. It was the best piece of advice that, that I've ever gotten. And he said to me, because I asked him, I said, uh, Dr. Covey, how do you handle it when people just you know, worship you and, and, and say you're the greatest thing in the world? And how do you handle that? He said, Noah, I want people to leave my seminars more impressed with themselves than with me. Mm. And I went, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Now, look at how opposite that is of what we have today, right? Mm. With social media and all the gurus out there, you know, hey, look at me and look how cool I am. Okay, I, I get why they do that. I understand, you know, we want to have that thing, that, that ambition and, and, and so forth. And I, I understand why. And, and, you know, and yes, it is a, you could say it's a different era, but is it really, I mean, mm. isn't it more important to leave people feeling better about themselves Right. So I never mm. forgot that piece of advice. And that's something that I that I always try to do
1: mm. <laughs> you know, following his advice. Never had a chance to interview him uh, before his passing, but I have had a chance to interview uh, Stephen M.R. Covey, his mm. son, three times now for mm. this show. And yeah, he's he's a chip yeah. off the old block, if ever yes. there. There was one. Um, Well, as someone who's written, I think you said 17 books, I'm sure you're uh, curating information constantly, researching constantly, you know, all of us uh, have more than ever. Uh, you know, thousands of pieces of information that come at us every day and trying to make sense of it, capturing things that we want to remember, uh, organizing that information, then adding our own thoughts, distilling it, and then ultimately, you know, expressing it in, in a new, uh, unique way. I'd be curious to know what some of your, what I call PKM practices or not what I call, but it's uh, widely known as personal knowledge management. Um, what are some of the things that you do, practices that that you have installed that make sure you're capturing the things you want to remember Organizing them in a way that when you go back to them, they're where you where you expect to find them. That new notes are connected with old old notes, uh, etc. What any, anything that that stands out or that might uh, might benefit those listening that you can think of. Here is what I say, and I've
0: been teaching this for a long time. You know, we don't live in the information age; we live in the information overload age. You know, mm-hmm. we we passed the information age twenty miles back. We we're all on yeah. overload. The number one question I get today, believe it or not, the number one question I get from clients and, and people who contact me is Noah, how can I focus? You know, I, there's just so much information. I, I, I'm just, I have so much trouble focusing because there's so many distractions. And it's absolutely true. I mean, we live in a world of infinite distractions right at our fingertips. Every second is a world of infinite distractions. So, a couple of things that I keep in mind. Number one, remember, social media companies and platforms are designed with one purpose in mind, and that is to keep you addicted. That is the only purpose of these platforms to keep you, me, everybody addicted to the platform. And why do they do that? Because, well, they show advertising, right? And so that's how they make their money. These platforms are free, right? So people say, well, it's free. You know, what's the harm? And so, well, there's no harm. I mean, but what if you can't get anything done, right? Then Mm -hmm. there's some harm because it's keeping you from actually doing what you want to do. So that's point number one. Point number two is going back to something I said earlier, you need to find your why to you need to determine what it is, where you want to go and why. Right? Because if that's not strong enough, it's going to be very easy to get distracted. Number three, people ask me all the time, Noah, how did you write 17 books? You know, how did you do that? And I always answer the same way. By writing them. <laughs> I wrote them by writing them. And it's like, yeah. well, that doesn't even make any sense. Yes, it does. Because the point is that because we live in a world of infinite distractions, when I'm writing, I'm writing. I'm not checking Facebook. I'm not on my phone. I mean, I turn off my phone. I turn off. I mean, and some people even, you know, that I coach, I say, listen, unplug from the internet. Just, just sit there on your laptop or whatever, however you write or to be the long end, whatever. If you're writing, you need to be writing, right? And so that's the point. So I believe in something that uh, Jim Collins talked about. He, he and I shared the stage a few years ago at a conference, and, um, a great. Speaker, you know, I'm a big fan of his good to great. And one of the things he talked about is a stop doing list, right? So Mm -hmm. as we all know, we all have, you know, a million and one things to do on our to-do list every day, right? We have Mm -hmm. a mile long to-do list. So one of the things he talks about is a stop doing list, meaning these are things I I don't want to do anymore, right? I want to stop doing these. In fact, I need to stop doing them because if I keep doing them, I'm not going to get to where I want to go, right? So that's one of the things that I also now help my clients with is a stop doing list. The fact is that there's a phrase that I really love and that I think is very accurate, and that is information alone does not create change. Information alone does not create change. Now, how do we know that's Mm -hmm. true? Well, think about this, right? Uh, Everybody wants to be healthy, right? Lose weight, be in good shape. Everybody wants to make money. Everyone wants to be in a happy relationship, right? Well, guess what? All of that information about what I just said, it's all there for free on YouTube, right? Just go to YouTube and say how to, how to lose weight, how to have six-pack abs, how to make a million dollars, how to make money online, how to be in a happy you know, it's all free. So why isn't everybody rich, happy, and thin, <laughs> right? It's just sitting there. Why isn't everybody, you know, a millionaire walking around with six-pack abs because of what I just said, because information alone does not create change. So what else do we need? Well, we need to have really three things, the right plan, the right tools, and the right support. Right? You have to have the right plan. That's what to do. It's not enough to just sit there and watch YouTube videos. all. Day. I mean, you could watch cat videos, you know, for the next 10,000 lifetimes and then still not watch all of them. Right. And what's better than watching cat videos on YouTube? Right. Nothing. Exactly. I mean, it's like the best thing the world, Right. Ah, look how cute. Right. 10,000 lifetimes. Right. So you need the right plan. You need the right tools. That's how to do actually do it. And then you got to have the right support. You need someone in your corner, you know, like like that coach did for me, you know, 15 years ago. Now I'm able to do that for my clients. And if you don't have those three elements in place, you're going to be overwhelmed just because of the overload of information we have. So it's really, really important. To understand, yes, you, of course, there's things you have to do every day. But then I also encourage people to have a stop doing list so that you can actually get a lot more done in a lot less time. That's one of the reasons we're able to help people make more in 12 weeks than they made in the last 12 months while also gaining back time in their day. I mean, literally one to three hours a day and four to eight weeks
1: per year. You know, it reminds me of something I've been studying recently called selective ignorance, where we actively decide to not engage yes. in certain activities, to not learn about certain topics, to not develop certain ideas, to, to choose that is to choose an, uh, intentional knowledge, right? That's right. I think it was Steve Jobs who said, people think focus means saying yes to the thing you've got to focus on. But that's not what it means. It means saying no to the hundred other things, other ideas that there are. That's right. Well, I so appreciate you being here. The book, again, is called Millionaire Affirmations, and his name is Noah St. John. Remember, that's affirmations, A-F-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N-S. Really enjoyed having you, Noah. Thank you so much for being here and uh, wish you nothing but success in the years ahead. Thank you. It's a pleasure. In case you'd like to connect with Noah on social media, pick up his book or the journal or the book he recommended and any other resources and links we talked about. Well, I've put all that together in what I call the show notes page for this episode, and that can be found at read to lead slash 429 for episode 429. Remember, too, that if note-taking has been a struggle for you historically, I'm here to help change that. I've read a lot of books, consumed a lot of videos and podcasts, and taken tons and tons of notes and learned how to turn those into useful, actionable, and unique and original insights and ideas, and I'm going to help you do the same. Get your name on the notifications list for our next note-making mastery cohort when you go to podcast.com slash list. That's com slash list to get your name on the notifications list for our next note-making mastery cohort happening this fall. That wraps up June and the first half of 2022. For July, we have slated Honoré Corder, making her second visit to the podcast. Also, Maria Brito and Donna Cerdula. Next week, it's Tim Shore who's written a book called The Secret Society of Success. You'll want to check out. Again, that's next time on the Read to Lead podcast. That's it for this week. Hope to see you next time. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead.